The following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the host and of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any entity that the host and or guest have, are, or will be affiliated with. Any content provided by the hosts or any of the guests are their opinion. Literature discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Throwing Tomatoes, the podcast where we go through a random bit of movie history and watch the movies therein. I'm your host, Adam, a.k.a. Some Dumb Ninja. Joining me this time, we have uh, Caleb, a.k.a. Cake. Hello, how are we doing? And John, a.k.a. Beetlesaurus. What's up? So, the randomizer in its boundless... Uh, in unfathomable wisdom. <laughs> you should just add a new adjective every time until you've got like <laughs> 10 minutes of words to say before you say wisdom. Oh my god, I should. <laughs> that, that's a me joke for sure. <laughs> it rolled up Solo, a Star Wars story. And I couldn't be happier. <laughs> me neither. Um, so, f- funny little backstory. We actually were talking about the diff- the newer Disney Star Wars movies, and we mentioned that out of all of us, Caleb hasn't seen Solo, yes. and we said Solo in specific. And I swear to whatever God you you prefer, <laughs> on, on whatever holy book you prefer, this is complete coincidence. Yeah, right after we were talking about it, we rolled it on the randomizer. Yeah. To prepare for this episode. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, we didn't have it ahead of time, Mm -hmm. you know, this is all genuine. And it's amazing. Um, And the two of us that have seen it both agree, this is one of the better Star Wars movies. Yes, And we are Star Wars fans, that's not just people that came in once Disney started making Star Wars movies. No, these are people that watched the others... Yeah. Enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And then saw this one and was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Star Wars lore junkie. I like all Same, the, I like all the stuff. Uh I'm a big old Republic guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I play I play all the games. Yeah. I I try to see all the movies in theaters. I also can't wait for the new remake of Old Republic. Yeah, it actually it's going it to really looks nice. It looks really nice. Yeah. Um you know, I try to pull out all the stops for it. Because, I mean, Star Wars is just one of those things I obsess over. Um, it, it's the focus of my hyper-focus. And Ray and I love uh, talking about it, and she likes to learn about the lore that she's never heard. Right, right. Um, and funny story about this movie. You may remember this movie for getting review-bombed to hell. For some fucking reason. Oh, I know why. So, Last Jedi had just had come out mm-hmm. six months before this movie. And people got a stick up their ass about whether that movie was really good or really bad. Yeah. I just think it's mediocre. Yeah, I think I think it's middle of the road. At middle best. of the road. Better than average. Yeah. I enjoyed my ride, but I didn't think it was a phenomenal movie. I wouldn't have movie. to take it again. Right, right, right. Unless I did. Unless the podcast rolls that up another right. Star Wars movie. Um, and then people were so upset, specifically upset that The Last Jedi did the things to Luke, which I didn't care about. Like, whatever. It was just a thing. Like, who cares? If if anything, I would feel bad for Mark Hamill if he was unpleased with the character's ending. And he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. So, people 
saw that another Star Wars movie was coming out, quote unquote, too soon, which fuck off. Which people. they equate to the amount of effort put into the movie. Yeah, which is bullshit. Which uh, I will, as an aside, say fuck off, people. You get a Marvel movie every month. Yeah. Like why is why does ugh. why anyway. does Star Wars have to be the exception? Well, because Star Wars has crossed like four generations at this point, and people are stupidly obsessed over it. I mean, I'm really one to talk, but <laughs> I'm not hateful to people who like. I was going to say movies. you don't rant on the internet over it. <laughs> no, I just rant on this podcast yes, over yes, it. Apparently, <laughs> you rant is... on the internet about people that rant on the internet about it. <laughs> it's very meta, like that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, my point being that they really didn't like Last Jedi. They saw that this movie was coming out soon. They thought it was going to be bad. They didn't give it a chance. They review-bombed it to hell. Sorry, Caleb and the cat are having a staring contest. I think Caleb's winning. I don't know. Oh, is oh. she backing down? Oh. <laughs> don't blink, Beanie. You can do it. I lost. It's okay. Oh, oh. That's my girl. <laughs> The cat just like curls up and is just staring intently. <laughs> oh, she got Sweet one. baby. <laughs> she knew she won. <laughs> she wouldn't have to prove anything. <laughs> Can't be a podcast with John on it without a cat cameo. Correct. Um, anyway, back to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, uh, John, how about you tell your relationship to this movie? Uh, I have n- nothing but good feelings about this movie. Um. As I said earlier, I think it's one of the better Star Wars movies just because it's it's not that it fills a necessary space in the series, but it gives you fun backstory, which is always nice. I, I'm a big fan of learning backstory and lore for things, and this tells the story in such a good way. I, mean, I know it's a two-hour, 15-minute movie, but it still feels concise and direct mm-hmm. um, with how it tells the story, and I love that. Uh, it also gives us more information on one of Star Wars' most beloved characters, Han Solo. Right, right. Um, and, uh, afterwards, we can go into my opinions on the actor that got to play Han mm-hmm. in this movie. Which, personally, I feel he was really good. I thought that he played Han really well. Um, and uh, they, Again, we'll get into more of that after we've after I've re-seen the movie. Yeah. Um, Caleb, do you have any uh, knowledge of this any movie beforehand? preconceived notions? Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I have not seen clips, videos, nothing. I'm going into this completely blind. That's exciting. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you like it, because uh, I found this movie to be criminally underrated. I agree. Uh, Caleb's coming into Solo blind. Right. Absolutely blind. <laughs> and I'm excited about that, because I, I hope that with how much we've hyped it you'll enjoy it yeah i hope we didn't overhype it but it is i agree (laughs) underrated criminally underrated like somebody should get arrested (laughs) (laughs) for underrating this movie absolutely uh i actually and this is rare for me i usually make like i said i make sure i see a star wars movie in the theaters Mm -hmm. to get the cinema experience yes i did not see this movie in the theaters i did and it was fantastic i skipped this movie because i was scared away by the reviews because mm. people I, said it sucked and i'm like i don't want to go see a sucky star wars movie you know me i've always been one of those stubborn people that says i want to see it myself first right. and if it's trash afterwards i'll admit it and i'll say they were right it was trash 
But or they'll, or if I'm telling you this movie is so bad it's good and it's just terrible, you'll let me know. Yeah. I, I that will. movie might show up on a uh, special episode of this podcast. <laughs> I'll make sure you're on it. Awesome. But yeah, I'm I'm not actually I actually don't really read a lot of movie reviews. I'll see like what people are generally saying, but I won't really look into it because I don't want to be swayed one way or the other before I see it myself. It's very hard to avoid that though with like TikTok and yeah, nowadays maybe, it can be. Um, before TikTok, it wasn't that big of a deal. Because I wasn't on other social media very much until yeah. I started streaming. I've always been really active on Twitter, so. Mm. I mean, <laughs> you'll know that if you follow my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been over the last maybe two years that I started getting more active on social media. Yeah. yeah. All because of Twitch. Yep, pretty much. Yep. Alright, so, uh, enough Stalin. Let's get to the movie. We'll be right back with uh, having seen... That was a weird phrase. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> we'll be right back after we've seen Solo, a Star Wars story, right here on Throwing Tomatoes. So, uh, we just watched Solo, a Star Wars story. That was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people have compared it to kind of a space western. Yes. That um, was a little bit. I can see that. That was how I first had it described to me before I had seen it. Uh, much like uh, Cake here, I went into my first watching of Solo, not this time of course, but my first watching completely blind. All I heard was that it was terrible. <laughs> You're the exact opposite. You heard it was really good. From the two of us. Yeah. Yes. But everyone said it was terrible. I watched it, thought it was pretty good. On a second rewatch, I thought it was pretty good. Um, let's dive into the plot, shall we? So... We start our movie with Han and his uh, main squeeze, Kira. Kira. I always mispronounce her name for some reason. And Han, uh, he hijacks a, uh, well, he hotwires the speeder, gets away from some guys, and then he is kind of running, and it's revealed we're on Corellia. And... Which is a backwater planet full of... Not really backwater. But, but I mean, like, it's it's not a nice place to be. No. Corellia, it's in the core. It's a major shipyard. We kind of... It, even if you don't know Star Wars like I do or John does, um, you know, to every little minute detail, mm-hmm. you definitely would pick that up during through the dialogue where he... And the visuals where, you know, it shows Star Destroyers getting made and, um, you know, just how dirty everything is. Yeah, you know it's not a pleasant place just even by the fact that anytime somebody says, I've got to get back to Corellia, everyone goes, nobody ever says that. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, really? Why? <laughs> That's a stupid idea. Um, so Han meets up with Kira and he gives her a little crystal of what's called coaxium. coaxium. It's refined coaxium. It's a hyper fuel for yeah. ships. Yeah. It's a ship fuel. And we kind of get a gauge on Han's personality right away. Where he's cocky, he shoots first, asks questions later type. As we see later in the series as well. Yeah. He doesn't... He always thinks he has the right escape plan, whether he does or not. Um, a very, traditional Hans. Yeah. Yeah. It, like... 
And if, if you're a Marvel fan, you could probably compare him to Peter Quill. Yes. Oh, a, yeah, that's a really good comparison. 13% of a plan. It's good enough for him. Good enough, yeah. Yeah. Even less. He's like, yeah. oh, I, I have an He's idea. Like, I have an idea. And we could stretch it into a plan, I guess. Um, Han is, at this point in his life, he was orphaned. Mm-hmm. We found out later his dad built parts of starships and wanted yep. to be a pilot, but it never worked out for his dad. So he went to... He ended up being a... Kind of just like in this crime ring for um, under... Uh, Pro- Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima, yeah. He's basically just an overgrown centipede. Yeah. An overgrown underwater centipede. Really good effect, too. Yes. Part of it was puppet part CGI, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They did pretty good in CGI overall, which is not uncommon for Disney movies anyway, but... No. um, But still notable. It was still worth mentioning that it everything looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And even even nowadays you can look at a movie and tell it's CGI. You can suspend your disbelief enough to be like, well, I know everything's fake, but Yeah. But it who, looks real enough. What, who cares? What I find hilarious still is um is given the original series, they how how closely aligned they try to keep them, like the effects that they use then, they still also have to incorporate now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always been a weird blend when you see some high definition, like really good CGI, and then you see and something a like a gonk droid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, well... That's two giant Tupperware bins strapped together at the middle. Right. And slap some buttons on it. There you go. Yeah. It, I always find that interesting. It is really interesting. And uh, Industrial Light and Magic, who... George Lucas made for Star Wars, and that's the effects house. They've always been really good at pushing the boundaries of CGI while also not neglecting the old traditions. Right. Using prop creation. And puppet ass Yoda and uh, that sort of thing. Hey man, don't just puppet Yoda. Puppet Yoda was good. We like puppet Yoda. We st- this is a puppet. All my homies love puppet Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> this is a puppet Yoda stand podcast. <laughs> Get that CGI green ugly thing out of here. Oh, Keep it in Clone Wars. Not the puppet from uh, episode one before they replaced that with CGI. That puppet was hideous. Yeah. I even like the puppet Yoda from Last Jedi. Yeah. All glowy and crinkly that he was. I thought he was they great, puppet, actually. They used puppet Yoda in Last Jedi? Yeah, they brought yeah. him back. I don't think I realized that, to be honest. I yeah. might have to rewatch that one just for that. If the, the original Puppet Yoda was like a normal lace chip, this one was the ruffle, but... <laughs> this one was the ruffle. <laughs> a little rough around the edges, but... A little ruffle around the edges. <laughs> ruffle around the edges. <laughs> um, but there was some good puppets in this. Like, there was that little gremlin thing yeah, on the table. Yeah, that goblin at there the Crimson the, uh, meeting. Yeah, the, um, the singing one. Yeah, yeah, the thing in the jar. Yeah. Yeah, the you jar could, brain. Even if, even though you could tell what was CGI, what was a puppet or a practical effect, they still blended it nicely. That as long as the story and the characters were hooking you, that you could just you just go with it. Yeah. yeah. And 
that's really a thing that people don't understand, especially critiquing movies nowadays, is that, yes, something's going to look fake, just go with it. Yeah, suspend your disbelief and just enjoy the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes things are meant to be that way. Like, like, like I said, the blend between old Star Wars and new Star Wars, like, you still have a lot of the old Star Wars look to it. Exactly. And they're not going overboard trying to make it look realistic or, mm-hmm. like, make it super, super normal. We've got another cat cameo here. Silly Just had bean. to check her. Silly bean. Um, but, okay, you're free. Yeah. So, it, it's it's important to be able to just look past that. And, right. Like, appreciate what they're trying to accomplish. It's one of those things where I, I genuinely just want to tell people to shut up and enjoy the movie. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though this podcast is, is basically us just... Not shutting up not about shutting the, the movie. movie. Yeah, exactly. The one place you can go to not shut up about movies. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, one thing that I... Well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, Whoopsie-daisy. That's okay. Uh, maybe it uh, derailed like the train in this movie. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so... I remember that. Oh, you do? Go yeah. on. <laughs> um, I was going to say the one thing about uh, shutting up and watching a movie, which... It's just a form of storytelling. It's visual storytelling, but like, people need to learn to appreciate the story right. itself rather than the visual aspect because that's what it's not. It, it's kind of secondary to the exactly. story. Exactly. Right. Or at least it should be. It should be secondary to the story. Right, right. So Han has his... He stole this the bit of coaxium. It's worth a lot. He gives it to Kira, um, and they make this grand getaway from... From Lady Proxima. Yeah. To try to leave Corellia and go off on their own adventure where Han can be a pilot and they can see the galaxy and I they can she, live their little romantic lives. I guess she can hang on his arm. She, I yeah. don't think she had any arm plans. candy. I don't really think she had any plans. She I think just, at the time they just wanted out so bad that didn't matter. Yeah, I think <laughs> Honestly, she just wanted to be with Han wherever he was. Yeah. Uh, and... But, uh, so, they make this grand getaway, there's a bit of a speeder chase, uh, with some pretty good CGI and some... Some honestly, speedy driving. Yeah, and those speeders can turn on a fucking dime. Yeah, for real. It's like a Prius. <laughs> Just, they're skirting around corners, and Han does this thing where he flips the... He tries to get it up, yeah. basically on two wheels, if, if it were a car, and, uh, slide it between this very tight crag in a wall and gets it stuck yeah and then it shuts down all like humorously yeah um so he so they hoof it yeah they they hoof it all right and they get to an imperial port yeah basically like this is our ticket out of here Uh uh-oh and she has the coaxium. They plan to trade they it hook arms. for They're... a way off of the planet. Yeah, because it's so expensive you can just basically use it as a bribe. And he... they're like ducking in and out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. They scoot in the line. They get up to the teller. They trade the coaxium. Teller opens the gate for him. Han goes through. Kira right behind him. And then Lady Proxima's people grab her. And pull her back in, and the gate shuts. Uh, behind and then Han. the imperial lady to cover her ass, like sets off an alarm. Yeah, and says that they have people breaking through. Right, like a bitch. Yeah, and so Han's running from the imperials. He's he's like, I'll come back for you. Don't worry, Kira. 
and cut to three years later yeah <laughs> his his fastest way to get off the planet while proximus people are still looking for him is enlisting into the imperial army yeah which he does we should also note that this movie gives as some people said unnecessary but i think it's just cool little references yeah to things in han's life later in life to explain like oh where he got that and the speeder he hijacked uh had the pair of lucky dice. dice and so he snatches those and uses them for good as his good mm-hmm. luck charm he actually at the beginning of the movie you can see him hang them on them and then he drives uh, the speeder okay over so he already had them. he already had them okay he already had them they were something that were worth something to him yeah and he goes in the kira before they get separated and says that it's for luck yeah and he immediately jumps in line to enlist yeah the imperial recruiters and he's like well i want to be a pilot that's what i've always wanted to do and the guy's like yeah right okay he says we'll get you flying in no time and he's like three years later (laughs) he's like all right what what's uh what's your name he says han he's like han what who are your people i don't have any people yeah i'm I'm all alone han solo and now we have a name we have roll credits yeah. Roll credits. We did a <laughs> That's boys' the origin <laughs> story right there, guys. That's the end. Yeah. And then we cut to three years later, and he is freaking miserable. Yep. He's a mud trooper. <laughs> yep. One of the worst jobs ever. Yep. Basically, basic infantry below stormtroopers. Yeah. He's a basic bitch. He's yep. on a bunch of mud. Expendable gun. He's having a terrible time. And he notices some of, like, this group of people soldiers soldiers and they don't look right like they're they're acting way out of character for a normal trooper soldier yeah like the guy who's like higher ranking is full of like blaster holes yeah his armor is full of blaster holes and there's one they don't know seem to know what the current goal is regardless there's uh there's a there's a guy who keeps his face covered, but uh, Han notices that he has extra arms. He has extra arms that pull his pants up, and he's like, "All right, who are these clowns?" And he goes and he kind of integrates with them, and finds out that they're running a job. Yeah, and not after planning. they not after they take the next hill. Yeah. Uh. And he finds out, oh, they're thieves. And he tries to blackmail the, the blackmailers. And yeah, to get off the planet with them. Yeah. But they're not having it. No, not at all. Uh, they immediately throw him in into a pin with the beast. Yeah, who we very quickly find out is Chewie. Yeah. A very scary looking Chewie, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he's caked in mud and soaking wet. He's like... He's absolutely petrifying. Yeah. Kind of like the swamp creature. I was about to say, a a Rainforest Bigfoot. Like, he's terrifying looking. I think I played bass for Rainforest Bigfoot. It's a new band. It is a good band name. Uh, So, Rainforest Bigfoot Chewie just, like, (laughs) beats his fucking shit in. Yeah, kicks Han's ass until Han finally reveals that he speaks a little Wookiee and didn't try that first for some reason. Um, probably I mean, didn't it, even know he was Wookiee until he got <laughs> into the fight. If you got your ass kicked by a guy speaking Spanish, 
I speak Spanish. That's what I'm saying. Would would you not try Spanish like as the last thing? No, I'd do that first. <laughs> you try to reason with him, then you fight. Right. If he won't listen, then <laughs> then we go to fisticuffs. Right. I don't. I don't know. He didn't give him much time. No, there wasn't. And I don't a lot think of time. there was really an opportunity for him to realize that he was a Wookiee Maybe. and actually talk to him. But either way, they come to an agreement to help each other get out of this mud pit. <laughs> Which it was freaking gross. It was literally a pit of mud, and um, almost actually drowned Han Solo in the mud. Yeah, <laughs> that's a way to go. And then uh, they work their way back over to where the. Sp- the thieves Beckett and his crew yeah are turns out stealing a ship to get out yeah there's, and they make it there in time to join there's Beckett who's kind of the leader Rio uh, Rio is he's this four-armed alien he's the pilot and Vel Val Val is <laughs> Beckett's uh Beckett's girl yeah and the like the sniper and yes and they all have a bit of group like mom. Yeah, group mom. They all have a bit of chemistry. You know, they all have a bit of back and forth and They've um, got family chemistry. Yeah. You can tell that Beckett's been running with this crew for a while and he has ties with them. He's like and they're in the middle of stealing a AT hauler, which is what lands walkers. And they keep blowing Han off and being like, ah, get away from us. Yeah. Or trying to turn him in or, you know, send him in the right direction. Chewy. Yeah. And then finally Rio convinces Beckett, oh, you just take them both on. We need extra hands on this job. Um, Says the guy with extra hands. Yeah, exactly. And it turns out the job is, is your classic Western train robbery. Yep. A train full of coaxium, as yeah. it happens. Yeah. And basically, they... The goal is... Uh, I'm gonna... I always want to say Vel. Val. 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 V. <laughs> That's a different connotation. She's gonna blow the bridge. Han and Chewie are gonna pull... Decouple the train. Cars. And Beckett is gonna hook up each car to the ship. To the winch cables on the ship while Rio carries it away. Yeah. And it's a foolproof plan. Except it's not. Except it's not. Because it never is. No. Val is like, what about uh, Infus Nest, who's this... A um, name that we hadn't heard in the movie yet. No. And this... uh, Infus Nest is this raider that they're kind of worried about. It's kind of a a rival team of thieves, basically. It's a marauder group is how they describe them. Yes. Yes. And Beckett ensures her that they're way ahead of Infus Nest, and there's no way that Infus Nest could even know about this because there's only one person with the information, and blah, blah, blah. But of course, Infus Nest shows up. You know who Beckett reminds me of? You guys ever played Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes. I have not. The. What's the, the main guy of. Uh, Arthur's gang, what's he called? Oh, the the homeless-looking guy? No, 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 no. The uh, the leader. Uh, who keeps dicking you around with your money. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, but yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. What's his name? I'll look it up while you keep talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it slipped my mind. But, um... So, everything that could possibly go wrong with this plan absolutely does. 
first, they they get into it. Looks like it's going well, actually. Dutch. Yes. Dutch. Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? I think so. Yeah. It does look like it's going well. Uh, they steer the ship over. Val is take is uh, planting the explosives on the bridge. Han and uh, Chewie kind of get reacquainted, or get acquainted. Yeah, that's him. But uh, Vanderhall. Vanderland. Vanderland. Yeah. Uh, Chewie and Han are getting acquainted and doing a little bit of banter, which they you know they did in the original trilogy. And so they're decoupling it. They're hooking the things up. They're fighting off the guards. Then. Infest Nest shows up. And everything gets a million times more complicated. Right. Because Infest Nest's Nest also wants to steal this coaxium. Uh, yeah. And uh, her gang's the Cloud Riders, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they show up in force, and now there's three parties trying to get this coaxium. Right. And it's just all hell breaks loose. And all of them hate each other. Yeah. Um... One of them gets on Rio's ship, and Rio pulls two arms away and blasts him away, but he gets... Uh, he gets shot in the shoulder. Yeah. Well, pretty badly, like, down... Like, it, it goes all the way through his shoulder. And, and he also gets hit down his side, cage. too. Yeah. Um, so, Han, is he's been bragging about being, like, the best pilot ever. And he told... Uh, he told... Beckett, oh, you know, I was just too good a pilot, but they kicked me out. I had a, I had a mind of my own, so the the Empire kicked me out of the school. Yeah, which actually, his court-martialing is a deleted scene, if you want to see uh Oh, see is that. it? Yeah. Um, in the com- there's a comic about what... I read the comic out. for it. Yeah. Uh... If I remember correctly, basically, he prioritized the... The team. The team over the mission, which you don't do in the Empire. Um, it's because the team is replaceable. Yeah. It, the mission's more important. Right. Um, so, Han jumps on the ship. Rio's, like, real bad hurt. And... Han takes the wheel. Yeah, pretty As much. Rio dies. Yeah. So, we're down one. Uh... Because of Rio getting hit and uh, steering the ship all over the place, um, they're losing time. They're losing time. They're losing altitude, and they trip a sensor. Yep. That sets off Viper droids that are supposed to be protecting this maglev train. Yeah. And so there's like all this gunfight going on, and so Han, he uh, kind of. Gets the ship back under control. Yeah, he gets the ship back under control, but not before Val has to blow the bridge up with her on it. Because she's pinned down by Viper droids. Right. So she blows the bridge before she was really supposed to because she was supposed to be off the bridge when it blew. Right. I mean... So Beckett watches his love interest die. Right. And it really was... It really goes to show you the... uh, how much of the the Western tropes this draws from? Because it's like the first the first score in a Western movie, especially for following the outlaws, never goes right. No. And 
it, this goes terribly. And in fact, they don't even get the coaxium because... <clears throat> As they're trying to fly away with it, Infus Nest is also pulling on it. And uh, it th they have to... Re Han releases the cables because they're going to hit a mountain. Yeah. Infus Nest, their cables aren't strong enough to hold it, so they release, and it hits this mountain and blows the mountain to a plateau. <laughs> that That effect was... That really was cool. cool. It reminded me very much of the um, of the uh, grenade from the bounty hunter. Um, oh, oh, the yes. seismic charge. The sonic, the sonic, the sonic grenade one, from yeah. uh, Boba Fett. Yep, Boba Fett. Or it was Jango Fett. Jango. Well, Boba yeah, used them. Boba too. and Jango used them. But yeah, when did Boba use it? In Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yes, 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 yes. The sonic charge. Yes, where it, it goes quiet and then uh -huh. you hear the boom, boom. <laughs> Yes. I love that sound. It's, it's one of so my favorite good. sounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, after that amazing effect, it's like the aftermath, he's back, it's pissed. And he, he punches Han in the face. <laughs> uh, they don't have coaxium to give to what Han is now told was not going to be a job for Beckett and them. It was to uh, pay off a debt to a crime syndicate called uh, the Crimson Dawn, led by a very brutal man by the name of Dryden Voss. Played by, uh, what's his name? Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Paul Bettany. Or Vision from the Beautiful. Marvel movies, if you don't know the name. Or Jarvis. That, or, yes. That man turns in a performance of, as Dryden Voss. He did a very good job. Um, he's been a good actor almost in everything. I was about to say, though. he never misses. Like, he's, no, yeah. he's fantastic through and through. And oh, also Kira is played by what did we say her name was? Uh, is it? It's Emily Clark. Yeah, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Of Game of Thrones fame, yeah. I don't think she's really done anything else besides this movie and Game of Thrones. I haven't. I can't say I've seen her in anything else. So I think you're probably right. Maybe, maybe she's more of a, has more of a modeling career. Maybe. She's not a bad actress. No, not at all. And she plays Kira very well. Yes. There's a lot of nuance to Kira's character, and that really does come out in the, her performance. Mm -hmm. Honestly, all the actors in this movie I don't have a problem with, and I, I think did a great job, except for the guy that got to play Han. Really? Uh-huh. And watching it, it did, did confirm it for me. Well, he he doesn't he doesn't have Han's mannerisms. He doesn't. I, I have to agree with That's that. That's true. The, the attitude is a little He's, lacking. Han always had a lot more charisma mm -hmm. and he kind of felt awkward. And even even oh you could ex probably excuse part of that as oh it's Han just starting out. Even like the certain ways cuz I mean it's Harrison Ford playing Han initially. Yes. Right. So you have to if you're stepping into this character and I know it's really big shoes to fill but you have to you have to become Harrison Ford. Basically. Yes. You have to Harrison Ford it up. You got to have a little bit of the, the mannerisms. You have to have the side smile, the shrugs. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna that say the lovable um, asshole vibe. Right. No, and he just seemed like he was just a good kid in a bad situation, mm -hmm. which is not Han's character in no. the in Han the puts himself in bad situations on purpose. Yeah. Yes. It. There could have been a lot more study into the character itself and trying to fit those mannerisms a bit better. Right. And even I don't think he was bad. Right. And he he made 
an it enjoyable made it character. But it didn't feel like Han. It, it didn't feel like the Han Solo we know. And maybe you can excuse it, oh, he picks up all these mannerisms... Over time. Over time. But it just doesn't feel... I feel like genuine. the mm-hmm. time gap from when we know him and this point in time is not as big as like it seems. Mm-hmm. It's probably about eight years. Yeah, and I don't know if like as much mannerisms can be explained away by time. True. Because like, there are a lot of things that, that probably could have been a little bit better. Right. Um, I'm not, and a lot of people criticized his performance and said he turned in a bad one. I don't think he did a bad job. I think it just comes down to the fact that he didn't have... He isn't Harrison Ford. He's not Harrison Ford. Which is not his fault. No. <laughs> and that he didn't really try to emulate Harrison Ford. He tried to make the performance his own, which is what an actor usually does. Yes. So he did his job, and he did his job well. The problem is... If you're stepping into a well-known character, you have to kind of... You have to be true to that character. Yeah. And it it seemed like he's just kind of a nice kid. Yeah. With all... Not the smuggler with all... Like the scoundrel with the heart of gold. Right. He... Oh my god. (laughs) No, buddy. Baby, you can't stand on the computer. Oh my god. No. The cat is doing acrobatics. Oh my god. She's being a handful. (laughs) <laughs> completely lost my train of thought because she did a freaking backflip somersault off of my chest holy shit um, he, he's not a bad actor but for Han he seems like a good kid that wants to be a, a lovable asshole yeah but he just wa- doesn't know how to do it. Like it was pretty much admitted to at the end. Like it was they. He said, "I am. I am a horrible person." Or he whatever. said, "I'm not the hero. I'm yeah, not the I'm good not, guy. I'm not a good guy." And she was like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, you can tell yourself that, but I know the truth." Right. I I also kind of question. Maybe it's just kind of a reference to Leia, later where he'll do. He'll kind of join the cause to get the girl. Right. Where he, he starts... He donates the coaxium to Infus Nest. Yeah. Or that he uh, jumps into this thing for Kira to try to right. win her back. But... I, that does line up quite well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I like that the Han seems to always be motivated by trying to get the girl. Right. But... I don't know. It does play well to his character, though. Um, so, after we get introduced to Dryden, there's this really tense, like, exchange where they're doing the the gangster thing. With, like, yeah. So tell Dryden, me why I shouldn't just kill you kind of deal. Dryden is a very suave, intimidating character. Very much like the James Bond villain that we yes, just watched. Yes, very much like Kananga. Yeah. Where he is very in control of the situation. Yes. And the minute he isn't is the minute he dies. Right. Which um, he does. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Although, to kind of touch on it a little bit while I'm thinking about it, that death was a very Snoke moment. Yes. It was very... Where it was like, I see your betrayal of the person you love, and it's like, oh, and then she goes and like... Kills him. Kills him, yeah. And it's like, oh, I never saw it coming. Right. Yeah, you like absolutely. Did. Oh yeah, absolutely I called did. it out right before she did. She yeah, did it, like. yeah. 
It's it's not a quite obvious. It's not so. a twist, I would say. No, and I don't think they tried to make it one. No. Oh my god, cat. The the movie itself, as with a lot of Star Wars movies, actually now, um, it kind was very predictable. predictable. Like doesn't make outcome. it bad. It just means it's not. Yeah, it was just a surprise. It was a, it was a classic story. They stuck to the tropes, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and considering and I it ain't broke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So they convinced Dryden Voss. Okay, we'll go to Kessel. We'll get unrefined coaxium. We'll get it to this one planet, so that we can pay you back for the coaxium that we didn't. We get did here. get. And he's like, "Okay, one one final chance, kind of deal." Or I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Ah, oh, great. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> thanks." And it's kind what of a like, nice guy. <laughs> it's kind of like, "Oh, Kira," because Kira shows back up. And. Turns out she's Dryden's top lieutenant. Yeah. And she just, like, hints at what happened, that she didn't get out. Um, I think that's explained in the comic, too, what happened to her. It is, I believe. Or maybe there was a book or something. But she basically gets sold to Crimson Dawn. Yeah. And then... That's why she has the tattoo of the ownership. The brand. Yeah. And she works her way up, essentially. Yep. So, she's... She rejoins the cast, and they're like, oh, we know this really fast ship. And we get introduced to Lando. To Lando. Landonis Calrissian. (laughs) (laughs) And our comic relief slash... uh, (laughs) Lovable droid. L3. L3, yep. Um, L337. Yep, good old L3. And Lando... Excellently cast and played by, by Donald, Glover, Donald Glover or the Childish Gambino or oh, whatever shit. you want to call him. He's a fantastic actor. Or the Prowler in the MCU. Yes. He better be Prowler at some point. I need to see it. I, need I want to see it to it. be. Yes. Because he hinted at Miles. Yeah. He says, I got, a cousin, I got a nephew that lives in this neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, man. By the way, if, you, if you've seen Spider-Man Homecoming and didn't know... The, the druggie that he that Peter meets under the bridge uh, that says, I got a nephew that lives in this neighborhood. The the one that he webs to his trunk. <laughs> and he says, uh-uh, fix this. I got frozen stuff in here. Uh, that's Donald Glover who's playing the Prowler yeah. before he's the Prowler. Right. Um, also, if you're from the future, first of all, hello, future. How are you? Secondly, uh, if... The third Spider-Man movie's already out, and <laughs> we don't know what the plot is at this point. We're, f- we're filming this in late 2021, so we have no idea. Um. <laughs> oh, we do kind of know, actually. We know a little bit, but not a lot. Oh, I feel like I might know more than... Maybe you've paid attention to the least. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Spider-Man, of course I have. <laughs> yeah, duh. We'll get a Spider-Man movie one of these days. So, basically, they get into the classic one last job trope. You know, and they get the crew together. They get Lando. They There's the uh, card scene. They play Sabacc. Sabacc, yep. And Han is, like, playing off. Of, oh, he doesn't know how to play, but he really does. And He's a, a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes back and forth with... Lando about this and that and 
oh, I've got a really fast ship, and uh, I'll put it up if you put yours up. Yeah, basically. And it looks like he's won the Falcon, as it turns out. But Lando is cheating. <laughs> yeah, Lando's a cheating bitch. Has the winning hand in his sleeves. And pulls the card out at the last second to win the game and win, quote-unquote, Han's ship when Han doesn't have one. Yeah. And he comes to confront Han, and that's when Kira steps out and is like, Hey, Lando, we're doing my last job. Are you in or out? And we find out Lando is in some trouble, needs their help anyway. Yeah. So he'll join. Yep, yep. And L3 joins, and they explain, Oh, L3 has the best navigational databank. In the galaxy. In the galaxy, so we can't wipe her memory. Even though she's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. Yeah. And uh, this, there was a lot of criticism of L3 that she was like the SJW droid. But she's really funny. She's really funny, <laughs> and it's just, it's not really played. She's, she may be SJW, but it's in a good way. Like, it's in a, yeah. at least an entertaining way. It's entertaining. It's It wasn't annoying to me. It just annoys the character. It wasn't harmful to the movie. No. And besides, having a character talk about the issues that nobody speaks of in Star Wars, like droid rights, was right. it, it's an interesting take. And that was one of the first times that they actually, like, in, in one of the movies, showed what a restraining bolt does. That's true. Because yeah. normally they just kind of slap it on there and, right. and that's it. And the droid powers down or, you know, starts behaving or whatever. And, they and never she, really also, say she also explained, well, she doesn't really explain it, but she hints to how, like, uncomfortable it really is for a droid. Right. Like, and because she was, she when she took it off, she said, like, how barbaric or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And we love L3 is what we're saying. Yeah. Maybe not to the point of standing, because that uh, puppet Yoda takes that spot on, <laughs> on uh, this week's podcast. But uh, we we do appreciate L3 and her contributions to Star Wars. She is the sidekick that we love in every single episode. <laughs> yes, right. She and puppet Yoda go on adventures. There you go. <laughs> that was a practical suit, by the way. What was? L3. It was a suit? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. There was a guy, I think actually a girl, that it was the the main actress who played her, had the L3 stuff in front of her, and they just green screened her out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which made it look really good, her yeah. movement. Yeah. Um, and they did a bit of mocap stuff with her, too. Mm-hmm. Like in certain shots. Like, L3 looked fantastic. Yeah. But... There's a lot of, uh, there was some behind-the-scenes problems with this movie. It changed directors, which always is upheaval for a movie. I heard about that. Uh, the, the director before was taking it in a direction that Disney didn't want, so they hired Ron Howard. Yep. Ron Howard made it too comedic. It was just a straight-up comedy in his initial cut, and they complained, and he fixed, fixed it, quote-unquote. And so our the third version of the movie is the one we got, which is it wasn't bad. It was lent leaned majorly towards comedy, um, but it, it did keep some of the, the some of the elements of yeah, the Star the Wars movie. Of Star Wars. Yeah. So the gang uh, ends up on Kessel, the mining colony. The spice mining colony. Yeah. They trick their way in. And, you know, of course, everything's going great until it doesn't. Uh, 
we do have a bit of banter between Han and Kira, where we find out that Lando has way too many cloaks and capes. Which, that doesn't surprise me at all. Has a, the man has a cape for every occasion. Every occasion, yeah. <laughs> and he's proud of it. Oh, yeah. And, so, they have, they start making out, it, they have this conversation, and Han does the thing that he does in episode five, where the girl's talking to him, trying to get him to understand, and he just freaking kisses her. He just him. does it, yeah. Yeah. Which, honestly... Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a little... It's a little creepy. It's a little intrusive. Yeah. Like, what if she was just surprised and tried to push you away? Just, like, what then, buddy? Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It it was a product of this... Damn it, huh? Now you're problematic. I mean, he always kind of was. I mean, rewatch episode five and their banter, it's kind of icky. Yeah, that's true. He's really... Really aggressive. Yeah. But, um, and Which again, I mean, other than that scene right there, I don't think was portrayed very well in his character. Mm-mm. Like, Han is a very like forward character. He is and very. He, even He's though, a get what I want kind of guy. Yeah, and he he didn't really show that very well. No, no, not at all. He was kind of a pushover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he 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 really played Han as go with the flow, or. Uh, I'll get. He would jump to like he would be hot headed, sometimes. Sometimes and sometimes would jump into situations he didn't need to. But, but then he would cool off so quickly. Yeah, but that's not. It's not Han. It's not the same guy who just completely annihilates Greedo and like jokes around with Jabba the Hutt and right. all that kind of shit. Like, it's not the same. It's I don't know. I mean, he wasn't enough of an asshole. Yeah. Exactly. Which is why the Han shot first controversy is, well, so controversial. Because Han Solo killing Greedo in cold blood shows the growth of his character over the movie. Because at the end, he, instead of letting them all die, comes back to save them. Right. And he, he doesn't do it to get the girl. He, he may have done it to get the girl. I mean, episode five recolors it as, oh, he did that to get the girl. Also, he absolutely shot first. Yeah. Well, he shot, period. Grito right. didn't shoot at Greedo all. Grito didn't shoot. Yeah. But, but that's what I mean. He shot before Grito could. But the plot of this movie is basically the line of, I did the Kessel Run in... Uh, 12 parsecs. 12 parsecs. Which is actually 13, but, but Han is rounding down. But you round down. <laughs> which, and it gets, it gets shorter every time he tells it. Right, right. I mean, I would. Are you kidding me? Nobody would believe you. And who's going to prove you wrong? Right? Who's, who's going to A, believe you, or B, prove you wrong? So, he gets to... Uh, Although, to be honest, mm. on the 12 parsecs thing, that whole... Um, the whole scene in the clouds... Um, I forgot what it was called. The though. Maelstrom? The, the Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Um, that whole scene was fantastic, in my opinion. They did oh, yeah. a really so good well. job in that one. So I love that sequence. Right before that sequence, we get uh, where the plane goes wrong because they pass Han and Chewie off as slaves. Kira is Kira is passed off some kind of administrator, uh, and Beckett is her like big bodyguard. 
Which I found it really funny that they named the jerk character Tool. Tool, yeah. T-U-U-L. Tool. It's like, okay, Tool. I didn't catch that the first time. And the other thing I didn't catch the first time is at the very beginning, there's two kids playing Sabacc. Yeah. And they're talking about the different winning hands. The idiot's hand. and it, The, the uh, idiot's array sabacc. and the full Sabacc, which come up later. That's a bit of for- nice bit of foreshadowing. Yep. So... The things that start going wrong is L3 inadvertently starts a droid, a droid uprising. uprising. Oh, there was no inadvertent about it. <laughs> that was, that After was it her started, she biggest was dream. Totally doing it. Oh, yeah. She was like, death to the flesh bags. <laughs> and she, she just wanted to get the guy to move. She's like, I don't know, for your brothers or something. I don't care. Yeah. Scoot. I've got to do something. And she takes over the control panel for the spice mine. Yeah. Uh, Starts a revolution. They yeah. run away with the loot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so they can steal this coaxium. This unrefined coaxium. Yeah. And, unfortunately, L3 just gets annihilated by blaster bolts. They're escaping, and L3 gets ripped apart by blaster bolts. Yeah, she's doing, like, the French Revolution hold the flag thing. Yeah, pretty much. That never That's actually well. almost exactly what it was. Yeah. That never ends well. And got decimated uh and lando is torn up about it he sprints out onto the the battlefield through the fire and uh grabs what he can of her because she's literally in pieces and tries to console her and say that he'll repair her but there's no fixing it yeah and she i guess dies in his arms pretty much she dies later on the ship in his arms and he also, importantly, gets shot. Yeah, he got shot in the shoulder. Why is that important? Because he can't now fly Han it. has to fly. Oh, Han has yeah, to fly. Now he can't fly. So Han jumps in the pilot seat, and... Uh, they take off. Kira jumps in the passenger's, the co-pilot seat. Right. They punch it, take off, and... They're getting out of the planet. They're all happy, like, except for Lando. He's pissed. And, and depressed. depressed. Like, he comes in all just dead inside. Yeah. Which is, you know, fair. That's fair. His uh, best friend just died. Yeah, and possible love interest. Yeah. Because they she hint, was... They hint at it. She was into him. Yeah, and she... Because she, she had girl talk with Kira about Lando being into her, but it seems like it's like a fantasy for her. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, oh, and it works out. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. It works. Right. Which, don't ask questions, because you'll ruin my fantasy. Don't ask questions. Why asking so many fucking questions? <laughs> so, and Lando's like, I don't think we're going to make it. I don't think we got this, guys. And Han gets out of the atmosphere. They're, they look like they're home free. Boom, Star Destroyer. Yeah, bam. Like that X. Boom, TIE shot. Fighters. Yeah. That that entrance for the Star Destroyer though was one of the one of the other cooler yeah, moments pretty of sick. the show. Because it lightning flashes and you see the the silhouette of a Star Destroyer yeah, in the maelstrom. It's not like in full light. It's just kind of like. So in they darkness. they I, fly into the maelstrom to try to get away from the Tie Fighters because I there's say no way they'll escape in time because the coaxium is destabilized and it's going to explode. I will say the Disney Star Wars do have their imagery right. Yes. Like, say what you will about the stories, but they hit the imagery on the head. Like, 
the silhouette sure. of the of it showing up or uh darth vader in the hallway in rogue one yes you know, oh my god fantastic chills yeah. Honestly, even and a lot of people probably hate the scene itself because of the implications and all that stuff you can tie it to, but like even in the um the very last Star Wars movie of recently. Uh um, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Um when the when all the Star Destroyers show up on the planet. Yeah, when they yeah, come, yeah, when they come out the, the zombie ice. star destroyers. It's a insane like concept with the lightning and the thunder and all the yeah. darkness. Like you don't see them all, but you can see their their outlines. And yeah. And it really creates a sense of um, ominousness. Yeah. They, yeah. They, it's really foreboding. And yes. It makes you feel like all is lost. Yeah. And that's kind of like what happens when you see a Star Destroyer blocking your path. Your only <laughs> way out of Kessel, as far as you know, unless you're going to fly through the Maelstrom, right. which they do. Yeah. Which is a horrible idea. I, I'm a Star Wars ship junkie. I'm obsessed with the ships. Uh, ships and droids are my favorite things. Yeah. As well as the creatures, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the big thing I love is the ships. And so we get the new ship. The new ship we get, besides, like, the minor little speeders here and there that we've seen, is the newest, the new TIE fighter, which is the, I think it's the heavy TIE. Yeah, the TIE heavy. Yeah, which it's a TIE bomber, but instead of the bomber bay, it's a turret, which is an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. And like anything that they put in these pre these pseudo prequels they always explain it away as oh it was too expensive to make so you didn't see it a lot yeah which hey fair enough i mean it works whatever i don't care that thing better show up in battle f- in uh squadrons in squadrons it is no it is not is uh-uh. it not no the bomber is oh that's right that's right cuz it, it i was thinking it was because it's literally a bomber with a with the turret with a turret instead yeah uh, you also might have been thinking of the TIE Defender that showed up recently. No, not that one. Because uh, they added the B-Wing and the TIE Defender. Right. But I, I remember the TIE Defender. Oh, amazing. So, they kind of evade the the Imps, the Imperials, and by going into out of the main path, into the maelstrom, and we get all the cool lightning effects and the the scary meteor rocks. And yeah, all that yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. The storm, and then there's the monster in the maelstrom. Which that thing, he's like, uh, we got to go around the maw. And we're like, okay, okay. And there's a bunch of tentacles everywhere. He goes, that's the maw, and he's like, no, it isn't. I don't know what that is. And then the mouth opens. They see the big old eye. Yeah. Yes. And then the rest of the eyes. Yeah, that thing was. Kind of terrifying. And it's like you said, it was a there's always a bigger fish it moment. Exactly, was an oh, it's there's always a bigger fish moment. Like, such a quotable reference, but like applied but so well. Yeah, for real. Um, so <laughs> that was a great moment where you realize, oh wait, Chewie's the Chewie is definitely the co-pilot here. Yeah, because Kira is not understanding what Han is telling her to do in the co-pilot seat and Chewie just like pushes her out of the way and does it quickly uh, and efficiently. He has that eye roll attitude before yeah. he does it too. He's They're like, like uh, get out of the way. <laughs> let a professional do this. And Han asks him, since when did you know how to fly? And Chewie says something sarcastic and you find out that Chewie is 190 years old. <laughs> he goes, oh, you look good. You look great. <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, so, we get, 
we get a great chase scene out of it. We get the great escape. They yeah. up they upload L three to the Falcon's computers, which is where the line in Empire where your ship has an interesting uh, whatever. language. Yeah, it's very interesting dialect. That's where that comes yeah, from. Yeah, that's it. And they punch it, get it out of there, and they get back to the place, quickly refine the fuel. All seems to be good. Of course it isn't. <laughs> right, because never, it never is. <laughs> no. Um, they're, they get surrounded by Infest Nest. While they're refining the coaxium mm-hmm. on... On, uh, what was the planet called? Savarine. Savarine, yeah. Uh, and it turns out Infus Nest, not a guy, is a girl. A young girl. Yes. Who actually took up the mantle of her mother's, uh, place. That was what she said. Right. And, uh, they are basically a, a rebel group. Yeah. Like, like it kind of hinted to they were they were going to be the ones that funded and started the re- rebellion. Yeah, it kind, kind of, of yeah. seemed that way. Like they were going to be the ones, or to, some kind of rebellion. Yeah, right. Or and a, I would assume kind a of branch of the rebellion. Yeah, instigates the whole thing. Yeah, which is which because, cool. because that's a fun little. She offered Han to join, and he said no. And she says, "I hope your mind will change." So it kind of like yeah. leads leads in that direction. Like this is the rebellion starting kind of thing. Right. Right. Um. And basically, we get in rapid succession confrontation with Infus Nest, confrontation confrontation with, with uh, Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn, and Dryden Voss, of course. Yeah, confrontation with Beckett. Yeah. So they give the coaxium to Infus Nest. They trick both Beckett and Dryden into thinking that they double crossed them when, in reality, they did. They and are didn't. all standing in the room with. The coaxium. The highly explosive coaxium. Right. And a fight breaks out. Uh, Kira kills Dryden. While Han goes after Beckett. Yeah. Uh, who, who has taken Chewie hostage and is car- making Chewie carry the coaxium. Right. Because Beckett plans to make off with it to make his fortune. And she gives him this big, long, passionate kiss... Tells him, oh, I'm right behind you. I'm just gathering money for us to run away together. And then the doors close and the lights go down and she gets into a hollow call with... <laughs> she gets into her Zoom call with Darth yeah. Maul. Bars. Yes. <laughs> Unintentional bars. Uh, Maul at this point. He's not Darth. He just, right. He said that in Clone Wars. He had that great line of, not Darth, just Maul. Yeah. And he was like, well, come to me on Dathomir and we'll... S- We'll, we'll figure out Beckett's issue yeah. and take care of him and his accomplices, his accomplices, while at the same time, Han is dealing with Beckett, shoots him while he's going on a monologue to distract Han because he was going to shoot him. Yeah. He starts being like, you know what your problem is, Han? You should do this one <laughs> thing. <laughs> and uh, snipes his ass. And Han hates to do it, but knows that if he didn't, he would have died. Right. Um... So, Beckett dies while telling Han that he did the smart thing because Beckett would have killed him. Right, right. Uh, they take the coaxium back to Infus Nest. Infus Nest goes and funds... The Rebellion. 
goes to fund a rebellion or the rebellion. That that part's not clear. Or yeah, a rebellion. I think it's strongly hinted. I would say that it's pretty clear in my eyes. Yeah. I don't have as much background knowledge as you guys do, but like, I feel like that's what they were really trying to do is hint to that. And then uh, she gives a small vial of coaxium to Han and Chewie to start their fortune. Yeah, uh, to kick things as off. As like a there. thanks to them. Yeah. And basically, we end with Han going, finding Lando, and winning the Falcon, and going off to his adventures. Yes. Or um, misadventures. Yeah. And it seems like, oh, this is where he gets in deep with Jabba the Hutt. Because he talks about Beckett mentioning a, what do you call him, a, a crime Big boss? time crime boss or something uh, in the outer rim who had a job right. specifically on tatooine. on tatooine who had a job that he was looking he's for like a big for. score and it'd be like it's the one more one more job it's the last job we'll need and of course we know that han owes java money the next time we see him yeah and we, he gets into the cycle of oh it's always one more job one more job one yeah. more job just like every other smuggler does yeah um so I think we have uh, time. adequately <laughs> picked apart this movie. Yeah, ex- I, I think it's about time for our end segments. Now, gentlemen, keep keep in mind that this got review bombed to hell and back. That's yeah. true. Um, and the goal is not to do the Rotten Tomatoes score that you think it should have, but rather what, what you think it has. has. So. Yeah. While, you th- while I pull that up, be thinking about that. I think I already have a good estimate. Okay. So. And it's it's audience, right? Not critic? I think it would audience. be audience. Okay. Audience is going to be awful. Uh, I think. Uh, but we'll see. Okay, I've got it. Uh, we'll start with John, because I think you might have a, the correct answer. I'm going to go for the number that I almost went for last time and say 63. 63? It's actually higher. Oh, dang. I was way off then. What are you thinking? Do I say the one I was thinking, or can I adjust my answer? You can adjust your answer. Go ahead. Um, I'm thinking probably 70-ish. It's lower than 70. Lower than 70? You missed it by one, John. 64%. Damn it. <laughs> I was originally going to say 30 before John guessed. Damn. I, I figured because he said it got review bombed, so I was It did. Like, it absolutely it did. It totally has to be down at 30. It was at one point, but I think it came back up. Okay, that makes more sense then. It, I think during the <coughs> review bombing portion, it could definitely... It was down to like 2025, 20, I yeah. remember seeing Jesus. it. Jesus. Yeah, they killed this movie. Um, I could have been right. <laughs> you <laughs> would have been doing this any earlier. If we did this in 2018, um, first of all, that would have been real prescient of me. Secondly, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you would have been right. Um, so what's our final verdict, everyone? Are we going to throw our tomatoes at Solo, or are we going to keep them in our pocket? We'll start with John. I'm keeping mine. It's, it's not the spit-polished, clean Star Wars movie that some people may want, but it's still enjoyable, and I still like it. Caleb? I would keep mine as well. I mean, it's not something that I would ought seek out to watch constantly, but it, it was a good it was a good one time watch. Yeah. Just a nil. 
Rogue One is still better. But... Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I do agree with everyone here. Uh, I'm going to keep my tomatoes with me. Um, it's a f- solid movie. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's not my least favorite Star Wars movie. It's not even, like... It's not a bad movie at all. No. It's a, just a solid story of... Well, not, not really Han Solo, but if you just kind of block out that this guy is supposed to be Harrison Ford. Right. And you just kind of take him as... A character. A character hap- who happened to be named Han be Solo. a good book. Right. Then you can, you can take it and be at my point where it's pretty good. And it did not deserve an inch of the hate that it, does, it no. got for this movie. People are hypercritical of things like this because they can be and they want to be. Yeah. But they like it's they are hypercritical. It's way yeah. more than it deserves. The, and this became around the time that the Star Wars fan base got super toxic and yeah. I hate it. Yep. It's it's hard to talk to quote unquote real fans about Star Wars anymore because they're all assholes. Yep. So they gatekeep. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, let's start the plug-in. We'll start with you, Caleb. All right. Um, I, I stream um, roughly two to three times a week, and you can find me on Twitch TV at um, CCakeXX, and I would love to see you there. Uh, I stream three times a week as well at twitch.tv slash thebeetlesaurus. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, but if you find me on Twitch, you'll find me there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShowNinja21. That's C H O Ninja 2 and 1. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Tomatoes Podcast. Uh, the podcast is also any place you typically listen to podcasts, like uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, uh, things like that. Uh, if you would like, the podcast and you'd like to help us out please subscribe uh and leave a review give us five stars uh anything to help us to get around uh just the algorithms of uh the systems we're on uh all that helps out uh, a whole lot all right i'm i'm here with uh honestly i should promote you to co-host at this point xander how you doing xander a little on the weather but we'll get through it uh, we'll get there in the end. Speaking of under the weather, I think it's about time for our Christmas list. So the interesting thing about our Christmas list is it's just straight numbered. So go ahead and pull out the random number generator. The one through what? Uh, one through uh, 136. One through 136. Yes, sir. All right. What do we got? 77. 77 is... A 2000 movie called The Family Man. Okay. Uh, so tune in next time for... The Family Man. The Family Man. Not very crispy movie title, is it? No. It is a... It's more Christmassy than crispy. Which is what you actually said. You know what? It's been a long day. <laughs> That's fair. So tune in next time that he may or may not be on. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh, that... That's a good cliffhanger. <laughs> Tune in next week or next time to see if Xander will be on the podcast and for The Family Man right here on Throwing Tomatoes.